the best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And we're stepping into our feature for this hour with Dr. LeBlanc. And let's talk cancer. Good morning to you, Dr. LeBlanc. How are you? Morning, Tosca. I'm fine. How are you? I'm all right. So we, we're finally on for freedom today, and we're talking about... Happy New Year. Ah, yes, happy New Year. For true, it's the first time I'm talking to you for the New Year, even though January, the thousand days that we were expecting, wasn't such a hard thing, but, you know, we've made it. Made we've it to made the it, other side. And today we were talking, uh, we were going to talk about cervical cancer, or cervical cancer, as some people say. Um, tell us what are some of the signs of cervical cancer if you aren't, you know, too clear on uh, those symptoms. So your cervix is the is a part of your womb or uterus. It's parted in like the lower third of your uterus. Mm-hmm. And cervical cancer is basically cancer of that aspect of the the womb. Cervical cancer um, is one of the cancers in women that we have seen with tremendous research that is actually preventable and also can be cured if caught on time with early screening. Um, Signs and symptoms of cervical cancer can include, but are not limited to, um, pain or when you're having sex, um, bleeding after sex, intermenstrual spotting, of heaviness in the lower abdomen, back pain, lower back pain, abnormal discharge, um, weight loss, you can't explain, fatigue, those are general symptoms. But primarily, you find that you feel a heaviness, you may have pain, discomfort, your periods may also become irregular, you may have more frequent periods, but you have some spotting as well. And those are possible signs and symptoms of cervical cancer. And um, what would be the main cause of uh, cervical cancer? Is it, um, some people say probably we've had sex too many times, um, an infection. Could you give us what would really start off that cancer? So in terms of risk factors, um, we can see that a great risk factor is infection by the human papillomavirus. Um, and it's specifically by the strain, the types of the virus 16 and 18. Um, and then along with that, promiscuity, multiple um, sexual partners, um, a low or a short intergenetic period, which means you're having children um, improperly spaced, so less than two years apart. Um, you know, those are all risk factors of cervical cancers. Um, use of prolonged hormone use is also a risk factor. Um, all those are risk factors of cervical cancer. However, it should be noted that human papillomavirus in the population, a lot of um, women and men can be infected by human papillomavirus and our bodies will clear it with natural immunity. However, there's a small percentage of the population worldwide that is not cleared and therefore it can then um, contribute to, to the appearance of cervical cancer in terms of 16 and 18. Um, so this is where the HPV vaccine is being advocated for by the WHO in terms of reaching the goal of eradication of cervical cancer by 2030, right? Mm. So, uh, and we're seeing it more in mid to low socioeconomic countries where we need to educate, vaccinate, as well as do pap smears and improve screening and have education. So the theme for January was learn, prevent, screen, so that we can really beat and fight this disease accurately and effectively. 
can you tell us more about the HPV vaccine? Because this has been uh, uh, on a debate for a little while now, where some are saying it would help, some saying uh, it makes no sense giving the vaccine to young girls who are not sexually active at that point in time, and it may change their uh, their body structure, etc. Can you give us a little more information on that? Well, there will always be controversy around any vaccine, as you've seen in the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. when it came to vaccines. Um, the HPV vaccines, there are different types of vaccines. The brands are Cervix and Gardasil, and Gardasil has two two sets. One is a 9 and a 13. Um, the vaccines are recommended to be given to both boys and girls between the ages of 9 and 14. This does not make them become sexually active. It does not alter their their reproductive system. But what it does is we're hoping that that is the age group that has not initiated with sexual activity and therefore it protects them from an earlier age. The vaccine has to be given within two doses. So it's two doses of the vaccine um, and, and you get immunity. Again, remembering that some most of the population will clear this virus, but the vaccine is, is, according to research, much more effective if given at that early age to boys and girls between 9 and 14. And uh, then women and, and men below the age of 35 as well are good candidates for the HPV vaccine. And what are some of the uh, after effects of taking the vaccine you can expect? I mean, every vaccine will have... Uh, huge a huge percentage of general symptoms such as fever maybe a little bit irritation at the the site of injection um there may be a smaller percentage that may have seen some adverse effects um but again it's not that this is one of the vaccines that is highly controversial in the um in some of the um the the worlds of the anti-vaxxers um, but it's a vaccine that has been created, researched, it's constantly being researched and modified. And therefore, what I, I really don't dwell on side effects. What I can tell you is not a mandatory vaccine, but it is a good option for our young girls and boys based on the research that we've seen and based on us trying to cover all bases, especially in the low to mid socioeconomic countries. The reason being is some of the cultural practices in these countries, we don't. they don't encourage the women to have their pap smears. They don't talk openly about sexual activity in the younger girls. The other reason being some women are not able to access what we think is just easily accessible, which is the pap smear. And so taking all of that into consideration, we do have to try and attack this and support this campaign from all regions, so to speak, so as to better protect the, the young women from cervical cancer. And going back to cervical cancer, uh, you said that having children in close proximity, uh, that is Mm -hmm. some new um, information for me. How does that, um, in terms of birth control, how does that work in tandem? Well, I mean, okay, so when you say in terms of birth control, so what what we're expressing is because every, every time you give birth, Mm-hmm. your uterus and your cervix goes through a transformation and it takes two years for it to revert so to speak to normal yeah okay and it's, it's a trauma on the on the cervix so if you do not give it a chance to restore properly and naturally over a period of time then what you're causing is basically cancer is the definition of cancer is in in layman's terms bad behave cells so that means, for example, Tuska, if you were walking barefoot, right, mm-hmm. on the ground 
for over six months and you get calluses and your foot gets harder, right? Mm -hmm. That's because your body has to then try and protect itself. If you wash your hands too much with the wrong detergent, it will get, it will change the texture of the skin. Correct. Correct. So this is your body trying to protect itself. So the same thing with the cervix, if it's not allowed to restore, it's going to try and protect itself. And therefore the cells that are supposed to be on the inside of the cervix called the endocervix will then go outside to the ecto or the out the external aspect of the cervical zone and therefore cells that are supposed to be inside in the endo are now on the ecto and therefore causing a possibility of an error in how those cells uh, multiply Mm -hmm. and how they have natural cell death and that is where the tumor can start so that's where we start with precancerous lesions which then can go on to cancerous lesions would it be a good idea to well all right let me take this question in another way. There are many people, well, many women who've decided in terms of breast cancer to remove the breast if it is that uh, they present with the gene and may be more susceptible to cancer with um, having breasts, right? So they've done that mastectomy. In terms of the cervix, removing your reproductive organs in that way, would that be even though it sounds drastic, would that be a way of um, preventing cervical cancer? Well, I mean, you won't have a cervix, right? But Mm. we will not advocate for that in women of childbearing age. So that is not really a a feasible option. I can't tell a 24-year-old woman to take out her uterus Mm -hmm. because she's afraid of cervical cancer because she doesn't know if she wants to have a child. You understand? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not the same thing because when I tell a when a woman says she's going to have a prophylactic mastectomy and take off her two breasts, remove her two breasts, she more than likely will have it replaced with with um, false breasts, right? Mm-hmm. With implants. Mm-hmm. But we can't implant a uterus. So there's no option. Remember, the breasts are not necessary for reproduction, but the uterus is. So it's it's not it's not the same thing. So it's not something we can advocate as it's not advocated at all as a prophylactic measure. You understand? Mm-hmm. Now there are certain women, for example, in sectors of society and and um in families that have genetics. So when they have the breast cancer and you do the genetic testing, you see that they have a higher risk of and a high cancer genes for oncogenes that are turned on for cervical or for endometrial and ovarian cancer. And you have to have a discussion with those women depending on their age, because depending on their age, then we do do we do offer prophylactic hysterectomies with oophorectomies, which is taking out the ovaries as well. But it's a certain age group of women because you can't just look at a 24-year-old or a, ch- a woman of childbearing age who has not born children and say, here, take out your uterus. So it, it, it's, it's a very individual decision, to be very honest, and it's also based on genetic testing. So let's take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about one of your favorite topics, vaping. And I know oh, that you'll, <laughs> you'll have a lot to say on that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And we're back at TNT and we've got Dr. LeBlanc talking with us on uh, various topics uh, inside Let's Talk Cancer. And we're going to step into vaping and the harmful effects of vaping and it's been a uh, glaring topic for the cancer society as they've understood that vaping can 
attribute to the prevalence of cancer. Is that correct, Dr. LeBlanc? Definitely. Um, vaping is, 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 is on the forefront of our minds because it needs, we need to amend our legislation in the Tobacco Control Act. And this is something that we're advocating for and we're using all medium, uh, all media to, to be able to, to, to really educate the public and especially our young children on the harmful effects of vaping. Vaping is being touted as a safer, healthier practice. It's being touted as something healthier as an alternative to smoking. And this is where it's highly erroneous because of the, the, the harmful effects of vaping from, from causing COPD or chronic obstructive lung disease, pulmonary disease, to popcorn lung, to, to affecting, to causing lung, um, tongue, tongue, throat, and lung cancer, not to mention the other cancers. We have to make this public. We have to really take off the Band-Aid and the, the, the eye patches and show the truth. Vaping is a manipulative um, industry by the tobacco industry because we've been beating them in terms of a no smoking campaign. Mm -hmm. And we really need the public to be aware of the harmful effects of vaping and really stomp it out. We need to speak to our teenagers and our young children and let them know about it. We need them to understand. And we really have to educate, educate, educate and fight at all levels of society and policy. Well, I'm actually going through some of the um, topics well, or pages inside of Google based on vaping. And one of the titles is, is it better to smoke or vape? And under that title is, vaping is less harmful than smoking, but it is still mm. not safe. E-cigarettes heat nicotine extracted from tobacco flavorings and other chemicals to create an aerosol that you inhale. Regular tobacco cigarettes contain 7,000 chemicals, many of which are toxic. So what are the chemicals uh, involved in the what would you call it the vaping serum or the the in in the vape, the vaping the, the cartridges so mm -hmm. you have nicotine you have a um, formaldehyde you have different um compounds actually and it's not safer than smoking and i think it's important Tuska, to understand that vaping also is a bumper to using mm -hmm. more drugs not only to nicotine addiction but also to, to other drug addictions and this is very important to understand. Um, last year for World Cancer Day, which incidentally is February 4th, which will be Sunday this year, we did um, on your sister station, um, CNC3, mm -hmm. we have um, a panel discussion on the harmful effects of vaping in teenagers. And if, if you know, you can reach that on YouTube and on, on your feeds on Facebook and IG and also the Cancer Society's feeds, it explains, the experts explain how vaping is not safer than smoking. We explain how you have to debunk that information that Google will throw at you. Mm -hmm. We have to debunk how the tobacco industry is funding its own research to prove that the vaping is good. And that is unethical. We have to highlight where leaders of countries of the world have come together, have agreed that this is unethical. We have countries banning vaping, including Australia, the UK, um, some and, and other countries and even Jamaica looking at it right now and yet we're still touting this as a safe practice and this is unreal and it's not acceptable. It can no longer be acceptable in, in this day and age that we are accepting harmful, deleteriously harmful effects to our population knowingly advocating it mm -hmm. for, the, for, the, for the mighty dollar. Something is wrong. The, 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 the last year the theme for World um, Cancer Day was we need food, not tobacco. And it's so important because we're not saying you can't make money, but look at other alternatives. Why it is 
that because you think that the tobacco industry execs they're vaping and they're smoking no they're they're getting the bonuses from harming other people and this is a problem and we have to educate from from the toddlers up we have to speak to our children speak to our young adults because we have to stop it you we can't just sit back and wait for policy Mm-hmm. We have to educate so that people make the informed decision of saying no to vaping and smoking. Uh, well, just to let you know, some of the questions that come up when you, you enter vaping as well as like, what is the healthiest vape? What does vaping do to your lungs? And probably we could go into that just after I ask the next question. Um, what vaping, uh, what are the... What, yeah, what is the healthiest vape? Well, I already know that you're going to say there's nothing you healthy really about it. No, 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 exactly. no, no. That was you're a rhetorical question. <laughs> that was a rhetorical question. Because I, see, I see you in change for the new year. You're asking answers. <laughs> I'm, I'm changing a little bit. I mean, it's, it's to encourage conversation as well because I know that this vaping campaign that has come out recently has been targeted to young people teenagers young 20 to 25 and they have it in different flavors and scents and so on that that make you really believe that you're doing something better than smoking because stylish yeah remember long ago it was the women on the marlboro box and the other boxes with the mental cigarettes right smoking was cool for them so this is the same campaign it's manipulative at different levels of your emotional intelligence you understand Mm -hmm. so this is where no vape is healthy now don't get me wrong tesca there are some areas where a chronic smoker we use electric cigarettes e-cigarettes to bring down the amount of nicotine in a smoking cessation program Mm -hmm. but that is under the guided use of a physician for smoking cessation it's not you going into a vape shop and saying i will quit smoking but i'm gonna have a strawberry vape well the thing is the way that it is also marketed is they say well this is your step down from smoking you can vape no it's not right so because you have to know what is in the cartridge Mm -hmm. and you have to be under the guidance of a physician so it's not for you to go in and 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 just buy and Mm -hmm. that is what is wrong so we have to we we are calling on government we're calling on all who can help us to help us change the legislation modify the legislation follow based on the meetings of our cop 26 or 24 and let us get this done let us eradicate let us do what we have to do there's no reason that we have to wait to see how many other countries do it to do it mm-hmm. we need to do it now you understand yeah because at the end of the day it's not like we're telling you we don't know what they're going to do to you we know what it could do to you so why am i walking i know fire gonna burn me i'm gonna walk into fire <laughs> i mean come now you know the burden of cancer care in the country mm-hmm. right the, the burden of cancer care in the country. We complain about the public health system in Trinidad and Tobago and the region, but yet we're encouraging this nonsense. Then it's not making sense. Two and two definitely not making four, but it's not even making 22. You understand? Mm-hmm. So we have to, as a population, be educated, learn about it, and come together en masse and say no. Say no, because it's, it has to be a consumerism um, rebellion, so to speak, or revolt, because it's the, it's supply and demand, correct? Correct. If we don't take it, they can't bring it. Am I not right? Yes, you are right. So why are we doing it? So, you know, this is where, Tuska, I get very irate and, well, incensed, as you can hear, mm-hmm. because when does it end? Mm-hmm. You understand? When do we not prey on 
sectors of society damaging their health, knowingly damaging their health. It's not like you don't know, knowingly damaging their health. How we, and then we complaining about different economic factors. We complaining about how we don't have enough um, in a pension fund. We complaining about how we can't do this in the economy and we have a burden of sickness in the economy. Why do you think we have that burden of sickness? Lack so of we're education. only contributing to it. Mm -hmm. And that is my issue. That is my issue because it's not only cancer, you know, it impacts the heart. So that's heart disease. It impacts the lungs, lung disease. So what you're telling me, one little instrument that you're touting erroneously to be good for the body can affect all the lifestyle diseases, contribute to worsening of, of the population in terms of lifestyle diseases, increasing the burden of lifestyle diseases on the country. And we know what is the big, biggest killer in the region of CARICOM, the Caribbean region, and Trinidad and Tobago, and the world, lifestyle diseases. Mm -hmm. So how is two and two not making four in this? This does not seem like rocket science to you and me. Am I correct? I'm correct. But sorry, I ain't shouting at you. I shouting yeah, at I you. Yeah, I know, but I feel like again, boof. But that's that's all right. It's it's part of bringing out the message as well. Uh, I wanted to. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, well, I, I just wanted to um, give you another time to like describe what vaping does to your lungs. So, young people who are listening right now, or parents of those who would see a e-cigarette pass. You know, let them know what it hap what happens to the lungs when you use these things. Right. So first of all, you have the heat factor from the, the element that is going to heat the cartridge and let that aerosol go through and, and, cause, and you inhale that, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the heat factor. Then you have the chemicals that are going into your system. The metabolites of, that, of those chemicals are harmful from the tongue go down to the lung, right? So all of that can cause tongue cancer, throat cancer, mouth oral cancers, lung cancers, and then the other cancers that still contribute to the other cancers, much less the other lifestyle diseases. When you take an e-cigarette and you're taking in one cartridge, sometimes one, one cartridge is more than a pack of cigarettes in terms of nicotine. So you don't even know how much nicotine you're putting into your system. So that's another problem. Mm -hmm. And while they're saying, oh, well, a cigarette has tar and this and that and the other, the e-cigarette e and the vapes, those have so much other chemicals because they're trying to make the strawberry, the mint, the cinnamon, the pumpkin, whatever you want. And they have so many more chemicals in there that will harmfully affect the lung. And then we go down to the lung and you can have from changing of the, the small alveoli and you can get popcorn lung. When you get popcorn lung now, you reduce your lung capacity. Your 20s and you can't breathe. Your lung capacity has been reduced to almost 50% if you're lucky. Mm. Right? And that's in your 20s. So guess what? You can then want to know why you're not productive in society. Then you're looking for a lung transplant. Why are we doing that to the young people? Right? Mm -hmm. So we have to please take note. And not only that, because it's an addiction and you're using the nicotine, eventually your brain is going to be accustomed to the, the level of nicotine and you're going to need more and more and more. Hence the bumper effect when it comes to addiction. So we're going down a whole other road, right? So it's not, there's nothing good about it. There's absolutely nothing. I can't tell you that there's one good thing. Mm -hmm. and it's it not was... like if I tell you, Tusca, I take a drink of, of Morbi and it might have sugar, but the Morbi bitter and it tastes good. You, you know, it's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It's not about moderation. This is not moderation. There's no gray area here. It's black and white. Yeah. Very and, black and, and white. And seeing no that it was... Here. Say it was touted as something that could replace smoking. Um, let's go into the part that you did bring up about um, 
there's a particular e-cigarette that you can, not e-cigarette, but a, a, a method along the vaping lines that can bring uh, smoking to cessation with your physician's um, guidance. Can you talk more yeah. on that? Because I, I, I need for people to understand the difference between that and vaping. So this is where the physicians in the smoking cessation programs will then monitor your nicotine intake. So we're slowly bringing you down. So we're helping you with the addiction to the nicotine, right? So it's a specific um, physicians who are involved in addiction medicine and smoking cessation programs, and they will measure and bring you down. So you're not allowed to take more, if you understand. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to nicotine patches and, and, and so forth. But sometimes there's more to the addiction than just the nicotine. It might be an oral fix as well, you know, mm -hmm. the, the act of smoking as well. So, so, so you have to look at that in the cessation realm and the cessation program. And that is how the physician uses it to slowly bring down your cravings and get you to quit smoking. So I hope they can understand the difference with that um, clarification. Yeah. Uh, and I know that we specifically talk about breast and cervical cancer. Are there any other cancers that you'd like to talk about um, so that we can uh, handle that for the next session? Is there well, um we 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 have a, a, the cancers for February, so we'll alert you mm -hmm. um, based on on the cancers that are are commemorated and and awareness is brought about for each of their days. But I would like to highlight that the February fourth is World Cancer Day. Mm -hmm. Follow us on our social media platforms: Instagram or IG, Facebook, and form X, formerly Twitter on our Facebook pages and see what is out there. Join the global campaign to close the care gap. That is the theme. We want to allow accessibility to all treatment for all members and sectors of society. It's a very tough ask because of the cost of it, but we have to work. And the, the way to also close the care gap is to increase screening. So we ask you to look at our screening programs, understand when you're supposed to be screened. Don't be afraid of a diagnosis and know that the Antibiotic Cancer Society is here to help you and advocate for you. Please join us in the fight against cancer. It's not just a talk, it's a walk, it's an action. We as a population have to help take care of ourselves. We can't just sit back and depend on policymakers. We are the ones to help make the decisions. We are the ones that have to help guide the policymakers in the policy that is needed. And therefore, no matter how long it may take to rap on the door and open the door, we have to continuously rap, knock that door down, and keep letting our voices be heard collectively from grassroots to top. And I ask you to pay attention to February 4th. It's not the only day. Let us always remember we have to close the care gap. Let us get screened. Let us be educated. Let us do what we have to do and make those small yet impactful lifestyle changes that will truly provide you with optimum health in Trinidad and Tobago and the region. Thanks so much, Dr. LeBlanc. By the way, do you all have any events um, to commemorate uh, February 4th or will there be... Yeah, it's all social media campaigns worldwide. All right. So we've all joined a unified message in closing the care gap, spreading more information and just reminding you about the importance of taking care of your health, getting screened, being educated and understanding your health profile. Dr. LeBlanc, thank you so much for joining us today and going through vaping. Uh, and we will talk about it again <laughs> so that we can continue the, the campaign to let yes, people know. Definitely. Yeah. So we can let them know that it isn't um, any better than smoking. 
Yeah, so Tuska, you know, if it if one person hears us today, we did something. Yep. And you know, Carnival is here. I, I've gone to FETS, you know, and I've gone to different pan yards and I'm seeing the e-cigarettes, I'm seeing the vaping, I'm seeing it there. And we're asking you to pay attention. Don't just think you should let loose, you know. Let mm. us look at it. It's really harmful. We have death by vaping in Trinidad and Tobago amongst our youth. So it's not a myth. We're seeing young people die. So mm. why are we doing this? You understand? And that is what we want you to remember. Okay, well, thank you so much. And we'll see you again. We'll hear from you again next week, Thursday. Same time, same place. Well, I hope so. It's my birthday, so I'll see. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, happy birthday in advance. <laughs> Pisces strong boy. Or is it Capricorn? <laughs> Aquarius, my love. Aquarius. Ah, oh, gosh. Trouble still. <laughs> well, enjoy your day, Dr. LeBlanc. Thank you. Okay, have a great one. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.